Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday. Brian, have you dried out yet? Tim, have you climbed off the ceiling yet? You were there, John. I don't know if I don't have a memory of being on the ceiling. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I really sort of have no recollection of what I looked like after Dre Greenlaw's interception. The next couple of hours were a blur. I think I was going back to ESPN and looking at my phone constantly just to make sure that the team did actually win against the Packers and woke up the next morning like, yep, checking the phone. Yep, still won, still won. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. It was a dream. <laughs> yeah, I, that was... That was stressful. As a fan, I don't think you could have asked for a more stressful game. I have a little smartwatch, my Garmin that I use, which tracks my stress level. I don't know what algorithm they use to measure the stress, but I was hitting hundreds from 8.05 to 11.30, and it's finally steadily cooked down. Then I tried to go to sleep, and that didn't happen very easily (laughs) as well, but... The 49ers, it was an ugly game, ugly on many levels from the weather to some of the play on the field, but the 49ers had their first second half comeback of the season and going against what I think we have to tip our hat to a very strong, and I think in the future going to be a very competitive Green Bay Packers team. The Niners win 24-21 and they are off to the NFC Championship game. For what the third time in four years against no third time in a row, third time in a row, five years, and what fourth time in five years? Yep, guys, here we go again. But Mm -hmm. Ryan, who was the game, I don't know, I'm guessing what two, three days to dry off from that one, Brian. Yeah, I my jacket's still wet, so (laughs) it was, it was, it was an amazing experience. It wasn't like raining heavily. But it was like drizzling and misty and just all afternoon, all afternoon. So it was a great experience. It was a great day. I got there a little bit early to tailgate at my cousin's. Shout Shout out out to Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. And they had an awesome T-bone steak and some good drinks, some good food. It was great. Chicken wings. Chicken wings, yes. They brought their own, but I made mine. And I wore my lucky socks. So it did work. Yeah. Uh, I did wear my, I did, Tim, I did wear a jersey. So I always wear my Patrick Willis jersey. I got to wear, I got to put that on. But uh, yeah, it was great. I got there around two. We shut down around four. We were inside by like 4.15, got to our seats. But I think I mentioned to you guys in a text. Here's where I sit. That's a little bit more affordable for out-of-towners. So there were some Green Bay fans here. And then two more. Over here. So whenever the Packers would do a really good play, these guys were freaking annoying. They would like high five in front of me. And I was just like, yeah. But I would have to say, in terms of the population, it was probably about 
10 to 20% Packer fans. There were a lot, quite, mm-hmm. quite, quite a few. I mean, they travel well. Aaron Rodgers and, and Brett Favre did build a great fandom uh, and a lot of people across the country. But uh, it was great. I'm sure we'll go over more of the game a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I loved every minute of it. It was awesome. And uh, it was a great day. So yeah, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, or those faithful listeners who have been with us all season, I'm John, joined by my brother, Tim, and our brother from another brother, Brian. We get together weekly to talk 49ers football. This week almost didn't happen, but we're here, we're back, and we're talking about the game and the NFC Championship. So, yeah. I, so, as tradition was, I journeyed down to Reston, Virginia, to watch uh, playoff football divisional weekend with my brother and watch the Texans Ravens game. But, you know, I wasn't really getting into it because it just, it felt ominous this game. Oh yeah. With the Packers. And I never felt settled. Like, oh, we're just played. It felt like an ominous kind of like, oh boy. So, and from, from the get go, it was a game that long drive in the first quarter and then Tim and I being the superstitious creatures that we are started up on the upstairs and immediately thought the TV had bad mojo. (laughs) So we went downstairs and I went and sat in my lucky spot from 2019 and then proceeded, we proceeded to watch the game. And when CMC ripped that first touchdown, I walked the neighbors by yelling and screaming my head off, which Tim then shushed me like, because well, my daughter was also home trying to sleep. So I, I did have to, to the, and there are some limits on watching the 49ers. There was, I was quite loud. And then Aaron Jones decided to rip a 50 yarder and the tension in the room got to a pretty high point. It didn't get to a high point. It, it tipped over, it boiled, it blew up. It uh, was all over the carpet. Did yeah. you throw right. did you throw something? Did no. you guys I call, something? I did, I did something that I rarely do. I called ball game. That's it. I said that was ball game. And so I got up and I got went into the room where I was sitting and watched the rest of the rest of the game on my iPhone. <laughs> and I did not come out of that room until Dre Greenlaw. <laughs> intercepted and I almost chased it because he didn't go down. I'm like walking around with my arms up. Like, we did it. We did it. And I'm like, oh, wait, you haven't gone down yet. And then we proceeded to watch ESPN for about two more hours after the game to really make sure that we won. So it was quite the game. So Tim, that's yes. my version of the story. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, well, let's just, let's, let, the thoughts of the game. I mean, like John said, I felt there was just something about this game. I couldn't get a feel as to how this was going to come out. I mean, looking at these two teams on paper, you felt that the 49ers were the more talented football team with the weapons they could do in offense. You looked at the Cowboys overall season, but the thing that kept, I kept focusing on was the rain and the weather. And John, as you put it, we felt that was going to be the equalizer if they were going to have weather, because you never know what's going to happen. Wet field, 
wet football. And the last time we saw the Niners and Brock Purdy play in maybe, I, I don't know if you call it similar, but in, in wet weather was Cleveland Browns, which right. of course the 49ers had a, had a struggle to what turned out to be a very good Cleveland Browns defense. And Jake Moody misses the field at the end, but it had that kind of a feel to it. And I thought if the 49ers were going to, to win, they had to get off to a fast start and they did anything but that. But I, I, the Packers, what do they do? They do the same thing they did against Cowboys. They win the toss. They elect to receive, which is going against every other trend or any, every other strategy that NFL coaches are employing. Um, they wanted right. to get off to a yeah. They wanted to get off to a fast start. They did. They had a really long opening drive. I mean, fourteen plays. It resulted in a field goal. But then the 49ers, uh, they come out and they don't get anything going right out of the gate. They punt. So it was just. I mean, the 49ers, I think, had the ball for maybe three minutes of the first quarter, and that to me, John, was like this is going to be a tough slog. Uh, slog. slog. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the Packers. What did they have in that first quarter? Maybe like six or seven first downs to the what the mm-hmm. Niners like one first down. It definitely yeah. They, they had seven first downs. The Forty ers won. So when when I heard that 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 coin toss, I I thought it was I thought somebody messed up because I would not have expected unless the Packers did it the week before, um, which they did. They did. Oh, yeah, okay. they did the same thing against the Cowboys. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, yes, they did want to get the hot start. And I'm assuming they wanted to give it to Jordan Love to see what he can do in the rain. And I just felt they were rolling from the end of the season up until now. I wasn't feeling confident about this game. And I think, to me, the whole rest versus rest thing, I think it did pop up a little bit. And we can go into that. But I, I, just, mm-hmm. I think it showed... It showed a lot more than I expected it to. But yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking so far. So Brian, at the game, when did Dyer's fans start to go, oh boy? Well, no one left. So, Oh, well, that was, yeah. I mean, that was really cool. No one left. <laughs> no one left. You can kind of tell when that's like, oh man. So the people start getting it, but no one left. I think what it was right before the first interception. Right. So when Dre Greenlaw mm-hmm. got that first one, I think if, remind me, what was the score at that point when Packers uh, was 20, when, when Dre Greenlaw's first interception, the Packers were in front 21 14. Okay. So I think that was the point when, like, the oh shit moment, like, okay, if they score here, it's, if they get a touchdown here, it's probably going to be done. Uh, and I think that's probably what most fans were kind of just observing and kind of watching. Um, I think that was what late third quarter. Yeah. So that would have given it would have been tough. That's when the oh shit moment I think kind of happened for a lot of people. But once they got that pick, new life in the stadium. I, I don't know if you felt it in watching it on TV, but I think when that happened, I think there was kind of a new, new energy kind of vibed around. So yeah, I thought well, the, the again the Forty ers they punt on their first possession. The Packers go down. They have a fourth and one. And Greenlaw, who just had a phenomenal game, and we'll go more into that, they get a stop on fourth down. And Greenlaw plays it perfectly. The Niners, at that point, they take the ball. They go down the field. They get that first touchdown, which was 
let's see, pretty hit Kittle for a 32 yard touchdown. At I, that tip, yeah, I think there was a 32 yard check down from what I've heard from the, the media. It's a 32 yard check down. Why? Well, touchdown was, I was what I was referring to in terms no, of. No, it was a check down because he's just a game manager. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, that's a deep um, check down. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty far check down. So yeah, I'm glad you <laughs> it's sort of like thinking, where are you going with this, John? Don't know. Anyway. Not like I bring it full circle. Yeah. So, yeah. So at that point, I thought the 49ers can build on that. I think the Packers can be in trouble. And the Niners had opportunities to do that. They had the ball at the end of the first half. Jake's Moody's field goal is blocked. They get the ball first in the third quarter. They don't so, do anything with no, it. Let's and talk so, about that. Let's yeah. talk about the end of the, because Kyle's done this before and it's a bit maddening. He'll, he'll play more to keep the ball out of somebody's hands than to actually try and get a touchdown and score or, or play fast. And his whole thing is obviously he wants to try and lap the field. And this is one of the few times I think that strategy kind of backfired. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. I, I was a little surprised. I thought the game plan, uh, in, in the second quarter, uh, when he had that drive, I, I thought, I, I thought it looked really conservative. Now Shanahan in his press conference said we did try to go deep, but the Packers had it covered. So we did, uh, throw short. They weren't looking for those opportunities. Maybe in, in Shanahan's defense that, hey, you're playing in not great conditions. It's a mm -hmm. wet football. Purdy had come close to throwing some picks. So how much of a risk do you want to take in that and killing momentum going into, into, into the locker room at halftime? That's my that read was, of it, but we have yeah. seen conservative Kyle in the past. Yeah. I, flip, I, yeah. I was like, I, you flip back to two years ago. And what did the Niners do right before her half? They blocked that field goal. And what did the Packers do this time around? They blocked the field goal. So I'm like, this game is looking awfully familiar. Not in a good way for the Niners. So Brian, you were just going to say. Yeah, I do think I'm going to lean towards what Tim, you were just saying about Kyle playing conservative. And I think it was probably because of the weather more than anything. I mean, I did. It was cold. It was wet. It was rainy. And. I don't think the fans necessarily like were like, you can kind of hear the people around you like, ah, like if they feel like they need to go for it or drive, I think they've kind of felt like they just needed to get some points on the board and whatever it was going to take, they were going to, they were okay mm -hmm. with it. It's just unfortunate. It was the, the, the field goal was blocked, but I mean, I don't think that's on Moody at all anyway, whatsoever, but I think more of the stadium, more of the crowd was just like, just get some points on the board. Let's end this. Let's end this half and let's go into halftime with the adding to our lead. But mm -hmm. it didn't work that way. So then we get into the third quarter, which game now got kind of entertaining and even more stressful. Tim? Yeah. I mean, at this point, I thought if the 49ers can, like I said, if they can get out of the gate, get a score, get even a field goal grabs out of the momentum back, but they go three and out and the Packers, they go right down the field, but we have a key play, two key plays. Actually, one was on uh, first down was a near fumble 
The Packers have it second and 21. Now it's third and 15. So the first key play was they got the Packers behind the sticks. That's an opportunity to get off the field. Third and 15, love throws deep. And what happens? Ambry Thomas makes a uh, boneheaded, a really bad play. He he draws a pass interference, which as soon as love threw deep, I just like, oh, please, just not Ambry. And as soon as I saw him and I saw we were his position, I was pleading for him that he could hear, that I'm sure he could hear me, of course, all the way from Virginia. <laughs> Turn around. And so that's where, that was the oh shit moment. Yeah. Well, he didn't get his head around. He just was happened to be standing on top of the wide receiver when he did it. They still didn't <laughs> throw flags on that. Yeah, that was not a good moment. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> he, he had one earlier in the game. It was the Packers, uh, I think it was the Packers opening drive. So Ambry did not have a night. And, and we, we know that the Lions are going to obviously put a target on his back. So, but yeah, yeah so we'll, now that we'll get into that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so Brian, now we're in the third quarter. How are we feeling in the stands? Ooh. Well, it was, well, after that three and out, I think the, the negativity was starting to bubble after that <laughs> first three and out. So I think as long as we were in a score, I think within one score, I think the ebb and flow of the game was going to be fine. I think it's different watching the game on TV versus in the stands. Because if you're in the stands, I don't know, you're not watching all the replays. You're not hearing all like the analysis. So I think it's, in some ways, I think it's easier to kind of obviously tune all that stuff out. Because mm-hmm. I think if you watch the TV, you're going to hear so much more news and analysis like of what the Niners did wrong. Mm-hmm. But I could just tell you kind of overall from our point, I mean, Tim, you were saying, that PI on on Ambry Thomas, it was a momentum yeah, killer. It, it's, it's a just, momentum killer, and it just seemed like that. On I think what did they do? They scored a touchdown right on that. They next did time. right on the, yeah. the very next play. Yeah. The guy was wide open because the and Niners lost their footing. Niners defense lost yeah. their footing. It, it always it it seemed like there were a lot of passes where somebody was slipping, somebody was wide open, and I don't know if it was a scheme or if it was more the the footing. But I want to ask you guys about that. But I, I just, it felt like there was always somebody who happened to be open on a lot of plays. So deep balls. I mean, and I think they made Jordan Love look really good. I mean, I think even though he's good, I don't think he's, I think our defense definitely. I think Matt LaFleur schemed up a great game. Yeah. 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 Well, his job is to get people open. Loves is to get them the ball. And he did a great job yeah. until the end. Yeah. All right, Tim. So we're in the third quarter. So in the third quarter, the, the Packers now at this point they have their lead, but this is where a team that has been struggling can rise up, and the Niners do exactly that. Purdy hits Kittle for a 32-yard gain. Then we come up to one of as John, you and I were talking earlier, and, I, and I'll let you go with this, but McCaffrey off right guard for a 39-yard touchdown. The Niners get the lead right back. So now you think, okay, we're in, we're in this game. We're going to be a fight for the rest of the, for the rest of the, of the night, but the Niners are in this game and McCaffrey just showed you why he's an all pro and why the 49ers traded for him. But John, there was a key part of this play that I think many have missed. So I'd like you to go into that, please. Yeah. So 
it's actually been all over Instagram today. Again, it, it just shows you how good a game manager Brock Purdy is. And I say that with sarcasm. Basically, the clock was running down. They had the play set. They had the clock was running down, which was a delay of the game. A use check who was right behind Purdy was telling Charlie Warner he's, he was supposed to be in motion. And probably would have been in motion to fill that hole where McCaffrey is. And Purdy had enough of an idea of the play and the time on the clock to say to Warner, now stay where you are. And you can actually see him in the tape, like put his hand out, stay where you are. And then all of a sudden gather up and clock is zero and they snap, just getting it off in time. And then they hit it right off to McCaffrey. And then the O-line does some great blocking with Feliciano. Chris Conley had a great block and then Christian McCaffrey does one cut, makes the safety mess, and then just accelerates away. So again, it just shows you it doesn't have to be a six foot five cannon of an arm throwing a 60 yards downfield to have an effect on a game as a quarterback. Yeah. Well, um, I think but, as you said, John, he had command of that offense at, at that play mm -hmm. and the knowledge enough to say, we don't need him in motion. We need to get the playoff. The play is going to work. Yeah. And that right there was, I was. Pretty excited as I woke up most of Reston, Virginia with my yelling, but I was pretty pumped at that point. I'm like, okay, just now we've got it. We've got it back. Let's just hold on. So did we hold on to? So we did, but actually Brian, so when McCaffrey rips off the run, what, what's going through your head? I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the stadium's going nuts and everything. Was he running towards you or away from you? He was. I was, I'm on the, I can't even remember anymore. I was, <laughs> if they're so like, it was a blur. It was, a blur. I think he was going away because the third quarter, okay. wait, yeah. yeah. But you know, the crowd's going nuts to get yeah. the crowd's going crazy. And what did we do? We got the lead back, right? 14, uh -huh. 14, 14 to 10. 13, you're 14, 13. 13 yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But I wanted to ask you this because David Lombardi, a reporter for the athletics tweeted, it was the loudest he ever heard. Levi's when McCaffrey uh, ripped off that run. I don't know if you felt that way, but he. I, I would say that game was the loudest at Levi's I'd ever been. And it wasn't necessarily maybe that play, but maybe it was the final touchdown or maybe it was the pick by Dre Greenlaw. But I felt overall that game was the loudest it's ever been. And I was, as I said on our text thread, I thought this was just as loud as the pick at the stick game. That Ooh. we went to, yeah, okay. and that, that's what I kind of felt. And obviously, the acoustics are a little bit different. Candlestick was more of a; it was enclosed, even though it was kind of funky shaped. It definitely felt like the loudest, and you could visibly like feel the uh, the stadium kind of shake, which you, you don't really see that, or you don't really feel that a lot. And uh, but that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. That's cool. But then the Packers get momentum right back. <laughs> on the kickoff. Oh, yeah. and, and, off. and as soon as Moody hit the ball, like, oh boy, I really hope our coverage team is going to be down for that. And then number two go. So huge return. <laughs> I know he fumbled it, but the Packers hustled down to uh, to recover it. That could have been a key play for the Niners. And then a few plays later, Packers score another touchdown, and the Niners are now down 20. And they get the two-point conversion. 
They get now they're down 21 and 14. That that enthusiasm was dashed really quick. So it was like yeah. a, a big bat of cold water was just poured on everyone in addition to the rain. So <laughs> that's what I felt like. <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, we yeah. won. So what yeah, happened? Well, so so what happened is just, so the 49ers can't do much on offense, but you know, then comes one of the first critical plays of the game. The Packers. They have the ball in great field position. They get up to their own 38. Love gets, get, obviously, is going past the pass, but he's pressured. As when I was watching the replay, he's, he gets just, Chase Young gets just enough pressure on him. He throws, it's intended for craft, but it, the ball is tipped, hits his hand, and Dre Greenlaw makes the first of his two interceptions. And I think, as Brian, as you said earlier, then mm -hmm. the life came back into, into Levi's and like, well, this yeah. is our moment. This is our moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, that's when kind of like everyone started getting really enthused and jazzed again. That the plays before we were talking about kind of took the life out of the crowd, but yeah, that's when people started going crazy and again. Then, so then I think Tim, at least yeah. to a Jake Moody field goal, right? Yeah. Jake Moody paid 52 yards in that situation, in that kind of game in in the rain, on a slick in the rain. there was some thoughts like, hey, he didn't do well against the Rams. Well, Jake Moody, yeah, I know he had one blocked earlier, but, you know, and, and that's a critical moment. That's points on the board, and the Niners are now within four. Can't wait to hear how this ends. <laughs> I should, We should have started this once upon a time. It was a dark <laughs> and stormy night. It really was a dark and stormy night. I don't even know where that phrase comes from, but anyway, regardless. So at that point, it just becomes kind of, they go back and forth. The, the Niners force a punt. And then I thought this is where the Niners can take charge. They get the ball in the 25. They begin to drive. They get to the Green Bay 40. But it's third and 10. Um, and Purdy looks to hit Ray McLeod, who runs the wrong route. And if you look on the replays later, Shanahan loses his mind because he was screaming at Ray, why did you go there? You were supposed to go where Purdy threw the ball. And that's where I lost it because, hey, I don't know if we're going to get that opportunity again. So at that point, I was not feeling good. It was the Packers, they get the punt from Wichnowski. And then, of course, when I lost all hope, first and 10 on the Green Bay 10, <laughs> Jones off the left tackle, rips one for 53 yards. They're down to the 37. At that point, I'm thinking if they get a touchdown, that's it. That's the season. And I was just like, here we go again. We had such a great team. We're, why are we playing like this? We had the rest. We had everything lined up. So I was really down. I, I did not have much hope left. Brian, I don't know. John, you were in the other room. I don't know how you felt at that point. <laughs> a, a little bit chipped out because I was watching it on my iPhone. But um <laughs> Oh, so Tim's was, watching it on that big screen. And yeah. John's in the room watching it on his phone because I... But, I mean, it, it just, it, there was a lot of tension. Yeah. I was feeling that it was pretty close to being over. If the Packers scored, it was going to be ball game. Yeah. yeah. And Brian, how you were feeling, I think you were at that point, you were, were at the resign that, okay, this is going to be an L. This is going to be a long bus ride home. That's what I was thinking to myself. Um, but... But yeah, but there, there are two, two plays happen. The Niners, they, the Packers get down to the Niners 23. And I thought Wilkes 
drew up one of the best defensive play calls, I think, all season. He brings Fred and Dre close to the line of scrimmage. And in all intents, it looks like they're going to bring the house against Jordan Love. What happens is that Fred takes two steps forward and then drops back. Greenlaw does the same, but he stays and he's now the spy. But the left guard and the left tackle, excuse me, the right guard and the right tackle on the Packers are completely fooled by this, call it a fake blitz. Maybe, yeah, I'd call it a fake blitz, which left Armstead and Bosa completely unblocked. They get right up in Love's face. He throws an interception. It's now fourth down. No, uh, it was incomplete. Pass. Excuse me, it's your beg- beggar pardon. Uh, yeah. he, I misspoke. He throws an incomplete. Now it's fourth down. And then what happens? The kicker comes out, 41-yard field goal, misses it just to the left. That's what I thought. Well, we're not dead yet. (laughs) And Brian, how is it feeling now that they've got a missed field goal in the stands? Oh, everyone's loving it. They, uh, (laughs) I got to to high-five in front of those Packers fans next to me. So... uh... (laughs) Because they uh, would have high five right in front of oh, you if you the uprights. Those two touchdowns were just right in my face. I was just like, oh man. So, but yeah, yeah. So the Niners get the ball back now. Here, here's what I haven't heard in the press yet. There hasn't been a name yet for the drive. You know, so somebody's got to come up with that. I mean, maybe you could just do like let it rain drive or something like that. But, but then, the Niners and Brock Purdy. Game manager. Yeah. Go and do what, Tim? Well, so it's in the rain. I think it kind of, Brian, it was raining at that. Do you recall if it was raining at the the start of that drive? It seemed like it had eased off a bit. It eased off, but it felt like it was always misty. It it was really raining hard. Well, not it was raining hard, but it was starting to come down during the interception, that the last interception. But, you know, but yeah. Go ahead. No, please finish. Well, we glossed over one my play of the game yeah. on the on the drive for the Moody field goal was mm-hmm. that that pass that oh. Purdy had oh. yeah. to Jennings. Uh, our yeah. buddy Jawan Jennings. We gotta talk about that. So J- Jennings is was one of our stars. I'll just yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll the spoiler right there. <laughs> uh, so absolutely we got we got that, that was that. I mean, I know there's so many plays, yeah. but I think that was a third and 10, right? That was a third and 10 play. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it just looked like the Niners were going to be dead again. Purdy, like the pocket's collapsing on him. And he throws the ball as he's just getting hit. Out, right over, I don't know who was covering that from the inside. must have been a linebacker. Right. It was a right over a linebacker. Yeah. Jennings jumping up in the air in the rain with three other Packers around him. If like anything goes wrong, it's, a, it's an interception. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that's a game. Time. Man. Yeah, he it's can make that. Time. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. That was a that was a catching, running catch check down. And the Niner fan right in front of me stood up, so I didn't even see that play until like I could <laughs> get on my phone afterwards and like replay it over and over again. But uh, I mean, everyone around me screamed in delight, so I knew something good happened there. So, but that. I know we were talking about going to the yeah. last one, but that was my, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, there's 618 left. Niners are down 21-17. They got the ball in their own 31. Brock Purdy takes out 12 plays, 69 yards. Took five, five minutes, 11 seconds. 
off the clock. Key play was on a third and five. He hit Brandon Ayuk, who made a sensational catch. I mean, it looked like the it looked like the, the pass was low, and initially the announcers uh, said it was incomplete, but the refs yeah. came in and uh, said no, it was a catch. The replays confirm that. And so the Niners, from, they get to the 43, and then he hits Kittle for, he hits Kittle for on a short left for eight. Or excuse me, no, bigger part of what I was going to is on the next play, he hits Connolly. His only play of the yeah. game, he comes in because Debo's out. That was a big pickup because now they're on the 26th. They get down to the Green Bay 6, and it's actually... This is Way where before the six exactly was when Brock Purdy scrambled out to the left and oh, yeah. John and I went for a run on Sunday. We, we tried to work off the stress. I still had plenty of stress in me, even after running 10 miles, just FYI. But John turns to me and says, do you think Garoppolo could have won that game? And I, I thought for a moment and I said, no. And here's why, because on second and 10 at the Green Bay 15, Brock Purdy he gets some pressure. He goes out to his left, and even the announcers say he's got room to run, and he takes off and runs. And we've seen Purdy do that before, where he has about nine, ten yards. He's not the fastest runner, but you give him five, ten yards, he's he's going to get that. Yeah. Um. And that I thought was what the difference is between Purdy and and Garoppolo. That ability to gain that critical yardage at that point in time. I don't see Garoppolo making that play. What about? When Purdy was, he had Kittle right open in the, in the numbers yeah. on the left side. Yeah. And that, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty close to the end. Um, yeah. Oh, it didn't inspire confidence, but he did make up for it on the drive. <laughs> right. Right. after uh, that, Right. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. a couple of plays, maybe two or three plays after that. Yeah. He, he missed him on a second five. That set up the play that Ayuk made. And then later he did hit kill for an eight yards that got the ball down to uh, the 18. But after that play, it's third and one on the six. The next play, Brian, you're sitting there third and one. Everybody knows who's going to, who's going to get the everybody ball. knows. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows. But okay. that happened to be the same end zone where the Packers had their two touchdowns. So from your vantage point, what does that look like? <laughs> Mayhem. I guess, I'm guessing mayhem. It was crazy. It was crazy. I think everyone felt it. It was, as we were saying about the noise level, it, it felt even louder. To me, it felt louder than the first CMC touchdown because mm -hmm. I think almost everybody felt like it was over or like the Niners were going to complete this comeback. And I, I think it was just as, if not louder than that first, the first touchdown. It was mayhem. So... There I was in the room by myself watching my iPhone. I, I, I want to just clear something. I did not banish my older brother. No, okay. this was I left my own free will. This was a self-imposed banishment. <laughs> and my thought after he scored and, and we take the lead is there's a minute three left. And I'm like, okay, defense, just hold on. Just hold on. And Jordan Love comes out. We've, we've never seen him in this situation. Playoff on the road, rain. And Brian, from what they were showing on TV, it looks like it was pouring at this yeah, point. Yeah, when he came on the steel. Yeah, it, it, was, it was coming down. It was yeah. coming down at that point. And uh, to talk about that play, I think what 
Was that the first down play or was that a second down play? The Greenlaw's pick? Yeah. It was a for yeah, he was it was a first and ten on the thirty-six. Uh, there was fifty-two seconds left. Yeah, he drifted to the right. When I, I think the pressure got to him, so he rolled out to the right. Yeah, Bosa and, was chasing him. Yeah, and it just looked like a far throw. I'm sure on TV you could see that too, but it just felt on like from the stands, it just felt like a super long throw. If you're running to the right, you're throwing against your body all the way to the other side of the field. And lucky for us, we've got two linebackers who were there to make that catch. I know if Greenlaw didn't get it, I'm going to assume Fred Warner. Fred, yeah. I think Fred gets it. Yeah. 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 And of course, John came out of his. The room did you did you open and, the door and i yeah. i had my hands over my mouth and i just saying get down get fred get down fred please get down i mean dre get down dre <laughs> he ends it and john's like we won and typical me what do i say it's not over yet they still <laughs> pretty seconds left <laughs> until i saw shannon walk on the uh, okay now it's over so so, okay, stressful <laughs> game, ugly game. John, you want to talk about our piece of victory? Well, what a dub. I mean, at the end of the day, a dub. And it's going to go down in Niners playoff lore. It cements Purdy as a legitimate quarterback, has won in a big game situation, has brought a team back, even though he had a bad day. Very reminiscent of Super Bowl 23 when Montana did not have a great day, but found a way in the end. And watching a little bit of watching all the chalk talking heads, really the big thing was he wins. But what more do you want? I mean, that that's at the end of the day is yeah. the goal is to win. So, but anyway, let's look at our, you know what? We, we've talked enough about the keys to victory or it's, it's the, the same old stuff, the game. I mean, turnovers yeah. were great. We weren't so yeah. great with rushing. Offense didn't show up until it really mattered. Yeah, they're out of sync. Um, I think there, there's one thing we, we can talk about John and then I think we'll move on. But I think in my opinion, losing Debo early really threw a monkey wrench into the 49ers game plan. And the Packers, knowing that the 49ers are not going to spread the field on them without Debo in there, they know they can put five guys on the line of scrimmage. They know they can put eight in the box in. But yeah, I know we got CMC. I know we got Kittle. But even George Kittle is like, when he's not on the field, our offense is not the same. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens the rest of the week. But that's the only thing I wanted to add. Uh, without Debo, it's a different it's a different feel to that to, to that offense yeah no i completely agree so stars of the game brian who's your star of the game well i was gonna say dre greenlaw 110 percent, but i think you guys may agree with me 100 percent. but did, i thought it was dre greenlaw i think he just seemed to be everywhere watching it watching it from the stands he seemed he had the two picks, obviously, and he had the game ceiling pick. Um, but on that play, though, there were so many people in the stands, though, after Dre Green, like at that second interception, mm-hmm. going like this, telling him to get down. There's so many people screaming <laughs> that. I'm sure you guys, obviously, you guys are saying that, but you guys were screaming it too. But I think all of Niners Nation 
regardless of where they are, was telling him to do that. So, well, I just my star of the game. Yeah, he, he did something similar against the Seahawks. Uh, Fred Warner had picked off uh, uh, Locke's pass at the end, and he lateraled the Greenlaw. And this was sealing the game. And Greenlaw was still running around. And I remember it was the same announcers from Fox were saying he needs to get down. The 49ers <laughs> sideline is screaming at him to get down. So hopefully they'll address that this week. Like, great, pick the ball off. It's, it's okay to just go down. But yeah. yeah uh, I'm sure he'll take that down. Yeah. Not only did he have the two picks, he had that fourth line, fourth down tackle that, that stuffed the Packers drive. So yeah, it was, it was a game, it was a game of his career. Probably. I think he made it's, he's such a live wire on the field. He just adds an extra, like, home to that defense. Well, while Fred's the general and keeping everybody going, Trey's the, he's the enforcer. I mean, he's in, but yeah, that was the game of his career. So Tim, what about you? Start of the well, game. Well, we got to go back to Juwan. I know we've talked about the sensational he catch. The sensational catch he made on a critical third down ended up with a 49ers field goal. But I'll go to a game, I'll go to a play where he and Packers defensive back, I don't even remember who it was, got into a shoving match that started on the field, then went over to the Packers sideline, and then ended up on the Gatorade table. And they were still going at it. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the things I love so much about Juwan. It's just his intensity. He's going to block and he's going to try to get physical with you. And we've seen a lot of uh, corners and safeties who really don't like that. And he's gotten, he's, he's been able to play smart about that. He's very physical, but he's not going to push and throw a punch. He's waiting for the other guy to do that. And in the past, that's resulted in another 15 yards for the Niners or the player getting thrown out. So, and not only that, but He's had to, he had to come in and step in for Debo and stepping in for a player like that is, is an enormous challenge yeah. and, and he rose to the occasion. His only, his only miscue is one that basically Kyle put him into it's yeah, you're not good at that, that part of the game. Oh, I'm trying well, to do the end he tried to do the, Yeah. When he tried to do the Debo Samuel play to join yeah. that. Yeah. That didn't work. <laughs> so my star of the game is going to go to Brock Purdy. We've talked about how good that last drive was. It was not obviously the best Brock Purdy outing. He was missing balls away. Couldn't figure out, am I going to put the glove on? When I going to put the glove on? But when it really mattered, he rose to the occasion, which is why you kind of have to give him the start of the game, especially on the play with, with CMC and then that absolute some of those throws to Jennings and to Ayuk would just, you just, I mean, that's just special. So he's my star of the game. Yep. Brian, any others? Well, let's see. I'd have to, well, obviously it's easy to root for CMC. He did have the two touchdowns, including that long, what, 30, 30 or 40 yarder. 39. Uh, yeah. I think over a hundred yards in scrimmage from scrimmage. Yeah. As well. Yeah. It's every playoff game. He's been over hundred yards in scrimmage from, yeah. so I mean, he's, he's easy, he's easy to root for in terms of start of the game. I mean, he can do it all, but I, I actually, I mean, I know he's easy to pick one, but I want to say Jake Moody though, because he, he made that, that 52 yarder when he got that block, when he got that field goal blocked, I think there was just a huge, 
it was like a downer, like right before mm-hmm. that. But you kind of expected them to at least come away with some points. But I think to step back, as you guys were saying earlier, in the rain, at that distance, and he nailed it. Um, so he, he would be my other star of the game. And we've seen what happens when field goals don't go in. I mean, Green Bay, if the, bu- the Buffalo City might be having a complete nervous breakdown right now because they've just heard wide right. They're like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he made it. He made a clutch one yeah. when it mattered. And after something weird happened, and then after that Rams game, which we found out he had COVID during. So, yeah, kudos for him to step up and just mm-hmm. knock it through. But it's side time. It's not all sunshine and lollipops. Well, there's one ginormous place I think we all want to see some improvement. I feel sorry for the guy, but he's going to have a big bullseye on his back this weekend. Tim, who is that? Oh, that would be Amber Thomas, John, as you said. Two, two pass interference calls that led to 10 Packer points. So he's going to have to step up this weekend we have seen ambry he's been spotty he probably had the worst game of his career saturday night so i mean look he's in the game the Niners are going to have to instill some confidence in him coach him up protect him in some of their uh, coverage schemes but yeah he's gonna have to play better yeah and he yeah, played and... really well for like a good stretch of the season oh yeah yeah oh, he was my guy who turned it around at the beginning of the season, but yeah, this was just an unfortunate. It's a bad game, right? It yeah. happens. I thought one place we really needed to, especially with the weekend, is I thought pass protection was a little iffy. I thought Brock was being moved around a lot. Pockets were collapsing quicker than they should have. So I'd like to see that hopefully get a little bit better coming up this weekend. Yeah. Tim, any other places we can improve? Well, it's going to have to be on special teams to kick off coverage. It, it has been one of the Niners' weaknesses all year, which is why I think having a, a kicker like Moody, who has been almost, you know, 100, well, I don't know the exact stats, but he's been very reliable forcing touchbacks, which given what happened in the Packers game, they get a huge return that they just need to ensure he kicks it off because that uh, returns like that have hurt the 49ers in the past. It's one of the reasons they drafted Moody because Robbie Gould could not be relied on, or even Mitch Wisnowski could not be relied on to get a consistent touchback. So kick the ball in the end zone every single time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, well, after 54 minutes, that concludes the divisional <laughs> round. Our podcast. Oh man, we'll, we'll do speed round for the rest of it. Okay, no, 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 we're good. <laughs> like we have tape, we have to do. Yeah, which brings us to Niners trivia. So Brian, okay, do you have Niners trivia? I, I do. The answer I don't I do. have the answer to what was my blood pressure reading in the fourth quarter? That <laughs> unmeasurable. Am I on any <laughs> new medications as a result? No, I am not. So, oh, man, so. Uh, so what's well, the theme this week? A little bit of little bit of Jared Goffish, a little bit of a little bit of Detroit Lions. I might have three, maybe four, four questions here. But all right, first thing is 
Jared Goff, he, he played at Cal from 13, 14, and 15. One of his teammates on Cal, the father was an all-pro player in the NFL in the 90s. All-decade team. See if you can name that player. So one of Jared Goff's teammates at Cal. Can you give me a position? Yes. Linebacker. Linebacker. His father or? His the... father was the all-decade. All, all right. 90s all-decade team. Line, 90s all-decade team linebacker? Yes. His father also went to Cal. And I can give, he played for four teams in the 90s. And if I give you one of these, if I give you the first two teams, I think you'll be able to get it. All right, good, shoot, because I'm drawing a blank. All right, I'll say that the team he was drafted by was the Steelers. All right. The team he's most known for is Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks. That'll be no. my guess. No. Yeah, I have no idea. That's yeah, a really good no one. idea. Yeah. Okay. All right, we'll come back to that one. All right, so the current Cal coach where Jared Goff went to school is how is he related to 49ers royalty? The current by, coach? By blood? Well, <laughs> how, who is this? 23 and me. Related yeah, to I, <laughs> he's in the same area code, 415. I don't even know who the Cal coach yeah, is. Neither so. do I. I haven't <laughs> followed okay. Cal football okay. for a while. Never followed Cal If I ever say, if I say the name, I think you'll be able to catch You'll be able right. to catch it. So I'll say this person, he played at Oregon in the 90s. Dan Fouts? Leo Bell. <laughs> no idea. No idea. We're over for 2. I think, uh, I, think uh, Brian, I think Brian went into the expert level. <laughs> I, I was giving you guys a lot of softballs for like the last three weeks. So All I right. decided to well, make it a little hard. You're, okay, you're, okay. you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This one I had to look up, but... When was the last time the Detroit Lions won a road playoff game? 1957. Won a road playoff game. And against um, whom? It's it, it, go 49ers. I'll go with John because that's the only playoff road victory I, I can recall uh, with Detroit, but we'll go with that. The only reason I know that is a little, I just read an article about it, and Tim was also we're running on Sunday. What we were talking about, if it's going to be the Lions, and he said that before the game, they had to go find Dick Night Train well, Lane. No, it was the story is that Bobby Lane, who was sometimes known for going directly from the bar he was drinking at all night to the game and performing miracles. Apparently, he did that in San Francisco and then just went over to Kizar and Niners jumped out to a 27 3 lead. And then, unfortunately, had a epic letdown in the uh, Lions win 31-27. Anyway, so yeah, that was that's our guess. The Lions 57 1957 road playoff game. Okay, and when was the last time the Lions won a championship of anything? 1957. I'll go 1957. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Those so, are, that's it. Yeah, so this weekend we have Chiefs and Ravens at 3:30 Eastern. And Niners Lions at six thirty Eastern. So, real quick, just thoughts on the Chiefs and Ravens. I mean, I, yeah. I I'm surprised that it hasn't been billed as the real Super Bowl because oh. it's, it's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. There's John. There's only one man and one team that can stop Taylor Swift from going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> if the, 
if they go to the Super Bowl, I'm really going to be wondering if the NFL is scripted because go on. <laughs> can't make this up. No, you can't. So we'll see if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can shake off the Chiefs. Shake it, shake them off. Shake it off. You got it. What up, Bob? So this is going to be an interesting one. The Chiefs have a pretty good defense. It's probably going to be one of the best that Lamar Jackson's gone after. Lamar's never played this in the AFC Championship before. They're at home. Holmes will be going up against the best defense in the NFL, but he's known for playing rabbits out of a hat. What was very good for him in Buffalo is that the receivers for him were catching on the ball. So I can't pick this one. It's, I kind of wish it was the second game just because at that point, I'm like either going to be really happy or really sad, but this, I think is going to be, could have a pretty big epic, epic game. Two MVPs going up against each other. So I'm I'm looking forward to it as a football fan, but I can't call this one. I need to be either of them. Neither of them, if whoever wins, I'm not cheering for that team in the Super Bowl because I'm sure for either the Niners or the Lions. So it's better than last year when I just wanted the Meteor to hit it. But yeah, let's talk about the Niners and the Lions. This is an interesting matchup. For me, the Lions were the scariest team in the playoffs. They play a physical brand of football. They're young. They've got a coach they all believe in. They've got a really good pass rusher in Aiden Hutchinson. They have a veteran quarterback in Jared Goff. And as I said to Tim, to me, it feels like the Niners are facing the 2019 version of themselves. So yeah. I think this is going to be a pretty, pretty good game. If both teams show up, if one of the teams will center the pressure, then it's going to go sideways real quick. So those are my overfull thoughts, Tim. Well, we do know that it's not going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Supposedly. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think no more atmospheric rivers. No, no more atmospheric pressure. I think right now the weather is looking very good. I'm looking at. I think the first thing is the status of Debo Samuel. the The X-rays were negative. He does not have a hairline fracture. The rumor is that he has a grade one shoulder sprain. If so, I think there's a very good chance of him playing in this game. He certainly is not going to be a hundred percent. So the 49ers have to plan for that. But if he's on the field, as I said earlier, that I think the 49ers offense just is a, a much more dynamic team. What I'm looking for in this matchup is if the uh, Niners front four, particularly the, the tackles, Hargrave and Armstead and Kinlaw when he comes in, if they can not only create pressure up the middle, but seal that middle. So Goff, if he's pressured from the outside, he's not as mobile quarterback as a Jordan Love or as others the 49ers have faced. I think they can get pressure on Love that way if they can solidify the middle. But the Niners, excuse me, the Lions have a couple of very good offensive linemen. I think one of them, his name is Steely, who will be going against Nick Bosa, and he's one of the best tackles in the league. So that's... Passel. Yeah, so yeah, those are my two initial thoughts on the game. So Brian. the night, sorry, the Lions have two excellent running backs in Gibbs and Montgomery. Montgomery, the guy from Chicago. 
they do have to do a better job in the run run defense game. They gave up yeah. over 100 yards to Aaron Jones. He killed them, especially with that 52-yarder um, on Saturday. So I'm sure Armstead was a little rusty coming back. And I think Hargrave was out for a few weeks too. So yeah, the defense is going to have to be a lot better. But I know our linebackers are going to be there to to help out. So I think that's one thing that we have to kind of watch out for. And obviously we picked on Ambry Thomas a little bit, but he's really got to step up. I think as you guys said, they have a target on his back. They're going to circle it wherever he, whoever he's guarding, wherever zone he's covering, they're going to go after him. So they have to, for Ambry, they have to make sure that he's good, but they can also use him to bait golf because Lenore will be in the nickel. You could obviously cheat Green, Greg Greenlaw over to one side, uh, to Amory's side, and bait him. To uh, I'll be curious to see if they use Charvarius Ward to go uh, one-on-one against their um, top receiver uh, and kind of confuse Goff that way, uh, which we've seen them do in the past. So it'll, it'll be curious. We So in terms of the keys of victory, yes, it's going to be better weather. It should be perfect football weather as Tim pointed out here, the lions have given up, gave up 350 yards to Baker Mayfield. I would pick them off twice. One was kind of a, a tip ball. The other one was a Baker mistake, but you know, if Purdy gets some time, I think they can expose some of the, the past defense for the lions. Uh, and also uh, the the lions run defense was good during the regular season, but in the playoffs, they're giving up six yards per carry. And the Bucks, who didn't have much of a running game during the season, were running. So you wonder how much of CMC uh, will be seeing. I think he's actually going to be... If I recall, Shannon dry up the game plan, and last week he was being heavy on Debo, I'd be heavy CMC this week. Yeah, I also... It's going to that uh, context. I, I don't think we also mentioned Matt Stafford had a, had a decent game against um, against the Lions. Uh, uh-huh. And Sutton, I mean, he yeah. gave up 100 yards to uh, uh, the, the Buccaneers, but he also was really, uh, he really struggled against uh, Puka Nagu against the, uh, the Rams. So you have to think that Shanahan has taken note of that. He's going to be uh, looking for opportunities to get him matched up on IU. If Debo's in there, seeing what he can do uh, in that stage of the game. So that is an area where the 49ers, I think, if they can start fast, I, I think look to Shanahan to really pick on Sutton uh, early on to see if he can get some things going, get some, create some, uh, some, some confidence issues for that corner. That Rams-Lions game, you brought that up, and I totally I forgot about that. It was like two weeks ago now. But mm-hmm. the, Ram- the Lions jumped out to a big, a really a big lead, and they almost coughed it up. Mm-hmm. the end of that game. So I think Shannon's going to take notes of that. The offense really slowed down. They're going to probably find out the ways that the Rams tricked up the Lions offense. And I'm sure he's going to incorporate that in the way they kind of do things too. So one other note that I know that guy, Gardner Johnson, he mm-hmm. is a corner now, right? On the, on the, on the Lions. But he was that guy who's trying to Take down Kittle in the uh, in that Saints game back in 2019. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
The infamous, uh, uh, not the infamous, the, the yeah. face mask, the fourth yeah. and two Kittle Rumble. Yeah. 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 So I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that's something that the, the Niners can definitely look to exploit in some sort of way. So, yep. Yeah. And then, like any good football game, it's going to be to help the live scrimmage is going to dictate a lot of this. And on one hand, we've talked a little bit about already, Goff is not the most mobile quarterback. But I think Tim, you had some stats here. Hargrave and Armstead, Kinlaw, get up the middle. You're allowed Chase Young and Mick Bosa to close down from the sides, but you had some the completion percentage is 74% in the playoffs. Yeah. You gotta do that. Goff is, as much as we love him as an MC guy, has not done frequently well against the 49ers in no. his career. Not in the last five games he hasn't. No. And Bosa, so Brian, you'll be happy to know that I actually did my Bosa run. Yes. So if so, now that I've set the precedent, you know he had five quarterback hits in that game and no no sacks, so he's still at ten and a half. So I will, if he goes nuts in the NFC Championship, I will add, I will tack that on, and be happy to do that because hopefully we'll be in the Super Bowl. So. I make that pledge here on this podcast, but on the other side, you have a really very good defensive end, almost a, a Nick younger, Nick Bosa and Aiden yeah. Hutchinson. Yeah. And the offensive line, he's going to be up against Cole McKivitz. Yep. I would not be surprised to see George Kittle and use check and Warner chip him a lot because I don't know if they've got a bookend to that. But he's a game wrecker. Yeah. And he doesn't have any fear. I think you don't think he's going to wilt in the moment. So I think that to me is going to be a pretty big key for the offensive line to show up and, and get off to this fast start. I will, I'll, I'll throw out one, one last item. We know Dan Campbell is a very aggressive coach mm -hmm. and we saw with the 49ers, they, Hey, they stopped him on fourth and one, but that aggressive approach, obviously it's been successful and the lions are 12 and five for obviously that reason, but we've also seen where it blows up in their face. In my opinion, they played the, the Cowboys just before the end of the regular season, they go for two. We all know what happened on the two point mm -hmm. conversion with the lineman saying he reported and the referee either night hearing them, but. That was three two-point conversions in a row. And I was thinking at some point, you think maybe that's not the right play. Just kick the field goal. So in, in my opinion, that aggressive can sometimes turn around and bite you. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not saying he was like the Los Angeles Chargers head coach, uh, <laughs> but who just seemed to be not aggressive, just absolutely reckless. But, uh, you know, I, I would just say that the Niners defense will have to be prepared for that. It may be fourth and three on the Lions 34. Dan Campbell could very much go for it. His field, he has the right play. Yeah, yeah big punts. I mean, mm -hmm. just be prepared for anything. Yeah. So, Brian, why don't you give us now the family tree answers to yeah. all your Niners trivia? We struggled trivia. with this one. I tried to make it tough this week. All right, so... Yeah. Mission accomplished. It's tougher. Yeah. You, you guys were getting all the answers the last few weeks. So I was like, okay, I need to tie this up. All right. So the teammate of Jared Goff 
was Hardy Nickerson Jr. Oh, yes. When you said the Buccaneers, yeah. Yeah, Hardy Nickerson Sr. He went to Cal. He graduated there in 89. His son, Hardy Nickerson Jr., played at Cal from 2013 to 2015 as well, and then transferred to Illinois, where his father was a coach at the time. Went to Bishop O'Dowd in Oakland High School. So, yeah. That's Hardy Nickerson Jr. and Sr. Okay. Next one. How is the current Cal coach related to a 49ers royalty? So let's figure out first, who is the person? Who is the Cal coach? The Cal coach is a gentleman by the name of Justin Wilcox. Dave Wilcox? As in the linebacker? That's his dad. All right. There you go. All right. Well, if I, if yeah, it's like, you don't follow Cal football anymore because I live in Reston, Virginia. So they don't get too much color. Well, if I if I said the name, I think you guys would have easily picked that one up. So yes, uh, David Wilcox was a um, 49er from 64 to 74. He made seven Pro Bowls and was named to the All-NFL team five times during his career. And he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2000. He passed away actually last April, April that. 19th. Yeah, yeah, 80 years old. So, yep, that's and his son now is the his current head coach, and he finally got Cal to a bowl game after a couple of years. So that's exciting there. Okay, last question: And when was the last time the Lions won a road playoff game? We said nineteen fifty seven. Nineteen fifty seven. You guys are correct at Kizar. That game is known for the. Niners were up 24-7 at the half, Yeah, eventually going up by 20. And then, you know, your buddy, quarterback Bobby Lane, I don't know where he went the night before. Oh. Yeah. To beat us there. I, 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 I don't we know. I know we don't do predictions, but I'm pretty sure Jared Goff is not going to follow that same pregame. Someone sent him to the Condor Club. That <laughs> <laughs> still exists. Yeah, I think it I does. <laughs> I always remember going past that sign and being like, ooh. This is a family podcast, John. Let's keep it. Let's keep it at least R-rated. So so what are you guys doing for the game? Brian? I have tickets, but honestly, I obviously I share with my cousin, but I think he wants to sell this one. So I gotta follow suit. So I think we're gonna sell. I'm gonna do a tailgate at home. I'm gonna have chicken wings, wear my lucky socks. Wear my Patrick Willis jersey. I might get a T-bone because it was really good last week. So I might follow all the same things and cook from home. How nice. You, yeah. How about you yeah. guys? Well, we're going to put the padlock on the closet. So I don't even look at any 49er paraphernalia that I own. So I just, you don't mess with the mojo. Otherwise, I will probably be sitting right where I am right now, just on this couch in this particular spot. And having the game on the TV. Nothing food related. I I, I rarely eat during a 49er game. You think doing vibe in? I seriously just yeah, I have no appetite during the game. I I will eat something before I'm sure, but it's just it it's like food or drink. It, it's really the last thing on my mind. Yeah, I think i know after that i, I don't even remember what we ate for the packers game john i'm drawing a blank tony we had a rigatoni with sweet sausage that's right we did 
Are see. you going down there again, John? Are you? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here. Vivi, my daughter Vivi, who took the Washington Commanders game, uh, she's never really been. I mean, the Niners have been in the NFC Championship while she's been alive, but she's never really been into it. Now that she's into it, uh, I think we'll watch it together. This time of year, we usually do like a big chili thing, so I think we'll probably make a big pot of chili. I think I'm gonna do some chicken wings. Nice. Although a T-bone steak does sound delicious. And yeah, I'm just going to try to enjoy the Chiefs Ravens game because I think it is going to be a good game. And then just settle in for this game. I like last week, I, I just had this sense of dread. Uh, I don't have a feeling yet this is it's way too early, but you know, it's the NFC. Like we've, we've gotten to the NFC championship four out of the last five years. I feel that's pretty good. So. I, I obviously want them to win and we'll see how the game goes and to dictate whether, how I feel afterwards, but you know, no matter what, I, I know that whoever wins this game, I'm cheering for them in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I just, I feel again, if the Niners can execute and they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they have a very good chance. If they do dumb things, then it's just give them an opportunity. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. And I think Levi's will be a real home field advantage. I think that's, they've become, Levi's has become what Calstick kind of used to be, you know. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's almost it's, there. Yeah, yeah. It's almost there. You, know, you would know better than I would. So, all right, guys, final thoughts. Third Brian? NFC championship in a row. Third NFC championship in a row. I know I spoke over Brian, but yeah. came close against the Rams. Never really had a chance against the Eagles. So you, it's time. It's time. And it's at home. It's at home. It's, it's at home. It, I mean, those other two are on the road. I think the home field advantage is going to help. Brian, your thoughts? Well, one play that we forgot to talk about in the, uh, in the recap of the last game was when Diameter Lenore just totally pushed Jordan Love. But he was inbounds, a legal play, which uh -huh. really went flying. Out of bounds and then yep. a fight. I wanted to talk about that. I just thought that was, I've seen a replay of that and he just looked like he was flying. So I will go back to talk about this game. I'm just going to be watching this home and I think I'm going to be excited for it. I think we're going to hopefully make up for last year. So last year hurt. The Rams game hurt two years ago, but I think the whole the we got the rust thing out of the way last week so let's i think the coaching staff will have them all ready this week and a lot of our guys will be ready and knock on wood i hope debo's back as well so yeah it, it yeah. comes down to execution if they can execute they're they have they're they're, they're better on paper yeah but except at quarterback because we have a game manager so we'll just have to deal with that so by the way, last part, Pat McAfee, I've really grown to like his show. And he was talking about Brock today. He's like, I am done with all the Brock pretty slant. Like, all this guy has done is has led every statistical category win football games. So I'm, I loved it. It was awesome. So shout out to McAfee. Yeah. Uh, his podcast is a little bit bigger than ours. They got like sets and stuff. So. <laughs> Well, he started doing this probably this way and like what happened?
So you never know. Well, on that note, Niners Nation, this has been one of our longest podcasts to date because we had a lot to cover. We look forward to speaking with you next week, win or lose. Hopefully the former rather than the latter. It might just be me, but I'll still be here. Worry about next week when it's next week. All right. That's a good good way of looking at it. For now, peace out. Go Niners. Yeah, it's nice that we're in the position to go to the Super Bowl. So on that note, peace out, Niners Nation. Later. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful. 